to another episode of the Agenda Ugly Podcast. My name is Shinesi Elan, and it's so great to have you listening to me again. <laughs> I know it's been a it's been a while. I apologize. <laughs> okay, so um, thank you to everyone that is listening at this time. To everyone that clicked on the play button, thank you so much. It means a lot. Okay, on this episode, I promise you it's going to be an interesting one and of course, as, as there's always been an interesting and educative one. So, and I won't be doing this alone. I have a very, very amazing guest on the show with me and it's no other person than Maya. <laughs> I love the name. I love the name already. So, Maya is a great graduate of the University of Central Florida and Begun a career to help new to help domestic violence. Mm-hmm. She began a career to, to help domestic violence victims, and she has a shelter in Central Florida where she counsels and presents topics on intimate partner violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, and child welfare system. She has also worked in the educational system. She has experience treating depression, anxiety, ADHD, bipolar disorder, and similar diagnoses. On a spare time, she runs a therapy group called Femi Noir. Did I get that correctly? It's pretty good. Fam Noir is how you say it. It's pretty good. She has been featured in FMHMC December newsletter article 2020, Florida Mental Health Symposium 2020, and UCF College of Graduate Research Studies 2019. You're welcome, Maya. Thank you so, so much for doing this with me. Thank you. Welcome to the Audio Podcast officially. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Super All right. So on today's episode, guys, we're going to be having this discussion that I've always looked forward to talking about domestic violence and sexual assault. Mm-hmm. One topic that is, it's not like there is no awareness, but for me, I feel there's no much awareness because somehow people are not really comfortable talking about it, especially as you know, and I'm so glad we're having this discussion on this in the Ugly Podcast. Not just with the regular person, but with somebody that has experience treating um, everything that has to do with domestic violence and sexual assault. So, Maya is going to be taking us through the journey, educating us, and enlightening us. I don't know how prepared you are, but I'm very, very prepared here. Okay, so, um, so Maya, what, uh, how, how do I even begin? Because this is a very, very, um, is, this topic is, I don't, I don't know if we'll be able to do, treat everything on this, uh, probably we may have a part two, but then, let's begin. So, um, domestic violence and sexual assault, should we define it, but, or do you think everybody already knows what domestic violence and sexual assault means? 
Yeah, I think everyone kind of has like different definitions for it, but I think the main ones for domestic violence is just anybody within the home who is emotionally abusive, financially abusive, um, medically abusive, like if they were taking your prescriptions and telling you, I won't give you this, you know, unless you do that for me. Um, people can be even abusive through the internet. Um, that's often, especially with teenagers. Um, so it's any form of like negative, controlling, manipulative behavior um, that can sometimes escalate to physical violence over someone within the home. Um, and, and, and Mercy, I figure you, you know a lot about this because I think as women, you, you kind of move through the world having to pay attention to what's happening or you see it with your friends or family, you know? As um, yeah. far as sexual assault, it's very much the same thing, but just putting in that the sexual component. So um, instead of that one thing that that abuser wants you to do, it's usually aligned with sex. So it could be, um, it could be, I need these sexual favors for you to get this job. It could be, I want these, um, um, I'm abusing you in the home because I know that you might be an immigrant in this country. So I know that if you don't continue to have sex with me, I'm going to get you deported. You know, so it's those, it's very wicked, you know? <laughs> and um, it, it's, it's just, it's very controlling, but I hope I kind of define those well. Yeah, that's kind of practical enough. Okay, so um, how do you explain dynamics oh man in the beginning um especially for very charismatic abusers um it, it 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 starts off as being very charming usually or they come in as like a savior so they look for usually women between 18 to like 24 25 and the reason they target those ages, which I think, Mercy, you know, and, and you probably have family, you've noticed these things, is that that's an age, you know, where we're still building our identity, who we are, what we're going through. We're trying to figure out what we've come from. So it's so easy for them to come in. Um, but it'll start off where they're buying you gifts. They're telling you they're the prettiest, smartest thing in the world. Or if you need a place to stay, you can stay with me. You need some money, I got some, um, you know, you can do anything in this world and they pump you up pump you up but the way that you know it's not healthy is that it's too much too soon it's it's too aggressive it's too much like i'm gonna give you five thousand dollars and i've only known you a week you know now many people would hope for that to some extent but um that, that's intense for somebody you've just met so it's it's those kinds of behaviors uh, you have to watch out for in the beginning. Um, but then the power dynamic starts off pretty even in the beginning, but with time, the abuser begins to shift and they start to kind of become nitpicking suddenly, or they start to say, oh, you're going to wear that. You're going to go, you're going to go out in that. You sure you don't want to wear something else? Or maybe that's too revealing. Whereas maybe month one, you were super sexy and beautiful and attractive to them, yeah. you know? So it's those slight changes and it happens very slowly. And abusers typically wait until they know they have you. So maybe it's not just psychologically, but maybe they know you quit your job to be with them. 
So, you know, they know that, okay, you don't have the money like you used to, or sometimes they try to make you move really far away so you don't have your family. So it's once you're in that situation is when the power dynamics you were talking about really go into the favor of the abuser. And it's so hard to get out of it once, you, once you're kind of sucked in. That's a great question. And the main things I've heard that is kind of strange, um, one is that a lot of abusers will break their partner's phones. Um, I don't know if that's just something in the States that happens a lot. I don't know if it's just in, in, in my area in Florida, it's kind of strange. But in every story, there's been a point where the abuser takes the phone or breaks the phone or takes the SIM card. Mm -hmm. And that's again, to isolate you, um, the, 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 the the survivor. Um, but the main things is, the one thing is the quickness of the relationship, especially in the beginning. It's very intense. It's very like you're in this um, tornado of love and of affection and attention, but it almost kind of feels too good to be true deep inside that kind of intuition feeling we have where it's like, okay, I've known you for three weeks, but now you want me to move in with you. You know, it's it's kind of like, I can't move in with, with you. You haven't met my family, you know, or anything. We haven't hit a month yet. So those are the biggest things I would say to look for is the speed. Um, and then the last thing too is their actions. You know, their previous actions and their current ones. A lot of times abusers are moving from one person to the next person to the next person. So if your friend tells you, hey, you know, Paul has an act, does this and that, and he did this to XYZ girl. It's good to listen to that um, because so many times I've sat with survivors and they're like, oh yeah, my family told me not to deal with him. His brother told me he, he was bad. My friends told me, but they didn't listen to them.
Okay, so let's talk about emotional consequences of abusive behavior, behavior patterns. Yeah, oh my goodness. And as we're speaking, when I say domestic violence, I kind of say it the same as sexual assault because you find the two of them walking hand in hand all the time. So I hope you feel like I'm not just answering half of your questions um, out of respect for you. Um, but thank you. Um, so the emotional consequences. Okay, so this is another great red flag or sign if you're in it. The main thing is you feel confused, just very confused. It feels like no matter what you're doing, it's not getting better. It doesn't feel better. You don't feel like you're taking the next step. And even when maybe you get their attention for a week or for a month or even for a year, they never seem to stay in the way that you need them to be in order for the relationship to continue. So they may say, I'm going to stop hitting you. I'm so sorry, babe. I love you. I'm not going to touch you anymore. And it might be six months, but then you go on a vacation and they're stressed out about work and then they attack you. And and now, you know, you're at this point where you're like, okay, so when you're, when you keep feeling like, okay, it's not going anywhere, they, I keep forgiving them, that confusion is a sign. Um, because usually when you're in a healthy relationship, you have a clear idea of where you're going. Not all the time, but usually the person will tell you how they feel. Um, and abusers are good at, at, at mincing their words. Another one is helplessness. Um, you can feel yourself, so many women and men, few men, um, as well. But uh, so many of them, they start to become depressed. They don't want to go outside. They start losing weight. They don't call their friends and family no more. Maybe it's harder for them to be with their kids. They start to feel like they can't do anything anymore. And sometimes when they see people that they used to be around prior, those people describe them as almost like a ghost of themselves. And so that's a huge flag that something is not right with the relationship and typically that there's abuse going on. The consequences. you're saying you're basically saying like if you notice it around you how to communicate to that person about what you're seeing right how, yeah how, how, like how to help the person yeah Ooh, well it's so hard and and you're right you really are right Lucy that you don't really want to walk up to the person and say you know what your husband's abusing you um he's terrible and we should leave tomorrow like that's not going to happen in most cases 
you know, because like, especially if a woman has kids and then you got to remember there's social status and how people see you and your family may say things. And, you know, even like your livelihood, like if you're living nice with this person, do you really want to go back to working? And now you got four kids. So there's a lot. But the main way to help is usually to recognize that you can't make that decision for them. So the best thing you can do is just be there for them. And when they are going through bouts to try to support them as best as you can um, and just keep that line of communication open because it's funny how the spirit starts to speak to people. It's funny how when we lose our way, there's a part of us that always finds its way back. And if you give someone that space to figure it out and you do what you do whatever spiritual or religious background you have or if you don't have one at all but if you just maintain that hope sometimes that is more than enough there's been too many times where people's family members have cut them off and that's exactly what the abuser wants you to do is not support them so try to be connected as best as you can what you just said that was that was very much on point um especially how sometimes your support can work against you to keep you in bad situations but as you were saying most often no a lot of times they don't change um and that's across cultural like across the world it's very difficult for them to change because a lot of times they are also narcissists and they're, they're, they lack empathy to such a degree that it's going to take a lot of like therapy and a lot of changing their behaviors. And that can be years if they do choose to take that path. So often the best solution is to separate um, because abuser's bad habit is, is, is almost sucking the life out of another human being. And if you stay for too long, then especially if you have kids, it, it can be very, um, very terrible. Um, but there are paths, there are some recovery programs, but very, I think it's like half a percent or 1% in America. <laughs> so it's pretty bad. In a safe way, though. Okay, okay. So, how 
about sexual assault because um, mm-hmm. this also boils down to uh, age groups like from from childhood because they've been reports about children being raped, children being molested, all of that. So and some people have had this experience often their teenage their teenage years and all of that. So for people at this in this category, what's your advice to them? Dealing with sexual assault, I'm assuming, right? In the home or just in yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. History, yes. Sexual oh, history. Okay. Oh my goodness. To release the shame. To find a way in a space where you can release it. Of course, your physical safety first. Um, if you're still connected to that person, because sometimes they're under the same roof or they're at the job that you work or the school that you attend very much getting separated from them the best that you can um, and from people who may be enabling their behavior or who might be like oh no thomas didn't do that he's not like that you kind of want to go into a different space um if possible i know not everybody has that um, but the biggest thing i would say is is validating that it did happen and and having to remember as best as you can that you are not the reason why that happened, that that is somebody else's problem, issue, boundary cross, they are the problem. And so that process is gonna probably take therapy, it's gonna take books, it's gonna take listening to your wonderful podcast and others, videos, you know, the spirit, whatever you have to connect into to, to, to heal. But that's the main thing is to remend that because abuser, sexual abusers, there's something about sexual abuse that almost breaks someone's spirit in a way that's very different than domestic violence or if it were murder or something else. Um, it can be devastating. And all of that shame and grief that that people harbor, that's, what, that's when you start to see people doing strange things, when they, they're super angry, they're disrespectful, they, you notice they're, they're, they smoke too much, they drink too much. A lot of times it's connected to those pasts. So, my life if that could be the case. I, I don't think it's going to stop, unfortunately, especially because we have so many people who are still in the dark about it. I mean, I still hear of mothers who don't believe their daughters, fathers who don't believe their sons, coaches who don't believe their their their, 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 their members or the kids who play. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? And it's it's still happening. But I don't I don't think they can I'm sure we would have another episode.
I think you said something about men and um, domestic violence, right? About them being victims or, yeah, they can be. There isn't, you're right. because can you imagine think about how hard it is for a woman to speak her truth and we live in a world that says that that is supposed to happen to women so if you're a big burgerly six six man who's hairy and tall and strong and has kids but when you were six or seven or eight nine years old you were being hurt terribly those those thoughts don't go away and sometimes those are some of the angriest most bitter most filled with self-hate men because they don't feel like they can express that or they don't have the words. So you're right on it. Um, they're, sometimes they're silent victims. Absolutely, and thank you. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Silent Psyche, which is spelled S-I-L-E-N-T-S-Y-C-H-E. So no P in Psyche. Um, and yeah, okay. I'm always posting. All right. So we've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you again in the next episode. Stay safe and peace out. Bye.
Bye. Thank you. <laughs>